Today's episode of the Sidious Mag Podcast on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network is presented by Tracksmith. Tracksmith is a big supporter of Sidious Mag. They've sponsored races when we did the Trials of Miles circuit back in the spring. They backed the podcast during our daily show at the Olympic Trials in the summer. And they outfitted me and some friends when I raced Malcolm Gladwell in a mile back in May. We unfortunately don't talk about how that race ended for me. The Boston-based running brand is a company that crafts performance apparel for training, racing, and rest days. They just got mentioned on Fast Company's list of 2021 brands that matter, so congrats to them. From the mountains to cross-country courses and the roads, Tracksmith's newest releases celebrate fall running in all its varieties. Shop the latest collection of running essentials and check out the Tracksmith Journal for some inspiration and stories from the athletes, traditions, and events that make running the greatest sport in the world. If you saw me at the New York City Marathon, I was rocking their classic black Van Cortlandt singlet with a little City Smag touch to it. If you're in the city, you've only got a couple more weekends to hit their pop-up at 1928 Broadway. It's open for the rest of November on weekends. For my loyal listeners, Tracksmith is offering up 15% off your purchases using code CITIUS15 at checkout. Shop their fall collection, which is live as we speak. New colors and new styles for a new season. Hit Tracksmith.com and use code CITIUS15 at checkout. Thanks to the support on Patreon. You guys are really coming through there. We picked up a couple more backers after our last episode. So welcome to Starla Garcia, my good friend Alex Densman, and the legend Zach Prescott, who went viral for chugging an athletic brewing beer at the 40K mark of the Boston Marathon. And also to Katie McNeil. If you enjoy what we're doing, support us over at patreon.com slash Here's a breakdown of how you can think of your contribution. $4 a month on Patreon is like buying me, or actually more so my producer, a cup of coffee. $8 gets us a salad for lunch, and that's being generous if I'm talking New York City prices. Anything more than $8 a month is basically signing up to be my best friend. If you sign up, you'll get a shout-out on the next episode of the podcast. You can also make a one-time donation by sending any dollar amount that you feel comfortable with over to Sidious Mag on Venmo. Thanks to Christine Griffin, Chris Boyle, who said, pushing quality content like Netflix. Kayla Hughes, who said, love the podcast so much. The podcast loves you right back. And also to Emily Chase and Nicole Brady for the donations. So you can consider Venmo as a virtual tip jar if you enjoy the show. So thanks to them for coming through with some tips. Another way you can also show your love is by picking up a t-shirt or sweater or crew neck over at SidiousMag.com and hitting the merch tab. After the Molly Seidel episode, she and I teamed up on a t-shirt that says well-behaved marathoners seldom make history with all the proceeds going towards we coach which is an organization supporting female coaches we sold more than 500 shirts and raised more than four thousand dollars truly remarkable stuff so check that out if you also want to get in on that friends i've Truly been blown away by the support that you guys have all shown with some five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Keep those coming. We crack the top 40 of all sports shows on Apple Podcasts and the top 15 of all sports podcasts on Spotify. Absolutely wild stuff. This really goes to show that track and field storytelling has a place among these other giant shows, whether it's fantasy football shows, NFL shows, NBA shows, wrestling shows. Let's make it a regular thing. Your reviews and ratings help that make make it possible and let future sponsors and new listeners know what you think about the show. So thanks again to all of those people who have shared some of the most recent episodes on their Instagram stories or on Twitter. I do my best to reshare it every single time that someone tags me or Sidious Mag in them. We just love to see it. My guest for today's episode is Tin Man Elite's Drew Hunter, who is making his fourth appearance on the podcast. I first had him on the show after his first pro season back in 2017, and then we've done live shows in Boston and in Des Moines, but a lot has happened in his life since then. He's run personal best of 335 for 1,500 meters, 739 for 3K, 1317 for 5K, but it was this past year that was fairly difficult for him. He raced just once in indoors in February, and then he tore his planter, which forced him to miss the U.S. Olympic trials. Tin Man Elite also went through a very public breakup with coach Tom Schwartz, and now the team is coached by Drew's mother, Joan Hunter. We unpack all of those changes, the comeback from injury, and what it was like for him to stamp his return with a win at the USATF 5K Championships in New York City, where he captured his second national title. My co-host for this episode is Mac Fleet, who has been working hard behind the scenes to also now bring you some of these conversations in video form and some other fun video content 
on the Sidious Mag YouTube channel. This week, we posted a full hour-long preview show of the NCAA Cross-Country Championships with the cross-country guru himself, Isaac Wood of The Wood Report. It's only available on YouTube for now. So don't miss it before all the action goes down in Tallahassee this weekend. Clips from this podcast, as well as from the Molly Seidel episode, are also available to watch on the YouTube channel. Subscribe, like, comment, go do everything that the typical YouTube star says. We're hoping to really grow that channel out in 2022. All right, so without further ado, here is my conversation with Drew Hunter. All right, now we welcome on Drew Hunter to Sidious Mag Live, the Sidious Mag Podcast. I don't know what we're calling this thing yet, but uh, Drew, you've been a guest on the show before, but this time around, it's been 266 days between races, a whole lot of life in between that. Uh, I guess the way you put it to Let's Run or, and, and after the 5K was a torn planner, the whole running world making fun of me, a bunch of false accusations against my family and myself. What else? So, Drew, welcome back. We've got so much to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's been a while. I thought about last time I was on Sidious Mag, and I was like, that was life was real different back then. So, <laughs> I want to start off with, I guess, the most recent uh, thing, which was the USATF 5K Championships. You come away with the victory, and mm-hmm. it's hard because, like, in my head, you're just you're not that high school kid anymore. You're 24 years old. You've won national titles before this. Uh, and so I'm kind of curious, there was a lot that was happening in the lead up to this race, but for you, I guess, to mentally put yourself in the position to go up against the likes of Paul Chalimo, Matt Centritz, guys who won, you know, world championship and Olympic medals. Like, I guess, how, how have you really gotten used to that and, and do that nowadays? Yeah. I mean, it still is, you know, it's still really hard. I think that was what made, I think this weekend so special was just winning a race. I'm sure Mac, you can relate to this. It's to some degree, like winning a race in the professional level at any race is just, I think that's been the hardest thing. And that's why like, I try not to take these, you know, wins for granted. And I know it's November and it's a 5k on the roads. It's like, no one cares. Sure. But it's still really freaking hard to win a race. And I uh, came out on top and that's like something that I want to, try to get back to is at least putting myself in position to win as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Winning is, I mean, it's hard no matter what time of year it is or who's in the field because everyone is in sort of different areas of their training. Some people are peaking, some people are on the tail ends of the season, whatever. You don't, you never know how well someone's training block is going. So yeah, everything is hard. What was, okay. So when I had those long bouts of injury like you just had that it seems to just last forever. I always liken that to something like drowning. Like, you know, you can't, you can't race. You're just hurt enough. So you can't race. And then it's sort of like you're, you know, you're just underneath the surface and then you can't do these workouts. You get a little bit deeper and then like training runs become difficult. Like you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper away. Um, what, were the la- what was it like the last two years? Because you were hurt even in the 2019, you broke your foot in uh, USA's in 2019 and then planner and all this other stuff. Um, what was that injury uh, about like for you? And what is it sort of felt like coming back up to being healthy? Because you obviously to perform that well, you've been pretty healthy. Um, so how have you been feeling training wise? And then obviously getting your, your 5k US champ title. Yeah. Uh, you know, you described it perfectly. It's kind of, um, I feel like for me is like, I've been healthy and fit at all the wrong times of the year as a professional. Um, and so, and, and I know like, you know, my, the, you know, my Achilles heel, so to speak is like that, like getting in shape really, really quickly. And then all of a sudden being like, Oh, I don't have any of that you know, three to six months that all the other guys I'm racing against have behind them. And that kind of like, like you said, so all of a sudden then the wheels start to come off and then they really come off. Um, and I think I've kind of been stuck in that cycle for probably three years now. And I'm really trying to break that this year. Um, and, and just, just do less, uh, and I, and, and, you know, run significantly less on all workout days, easy runs, um, all that, but also just know that, you know, like, I am talented and I don't 
have to run a hundred mile weeks to be a good distance runner. Um, I think like, that's what I want to do. I genuinely love running. I'm pretty sure I say this on every podcast. Like I, they're like going out for 15 mile days is not a chore to me. Like I actually would like, if I, my body would allow me to do that, I would like to do that. Um, but I just can't. And so I think that's kind of been a big focus and, you know, coming off this last injury, I, 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 uh, you know, I, I ran a race in February and my planner just afterwards, just, I just knew right away, like the same thing happened in 2019 and five in the USA 5k final. Like, I just felt that like, kind of like that tear in the race. And I was like, Oh boy, here we go again. And I really battled back. But like you said, Mac, it kind of started slowly ticking when it was like, before I could manage it, where it was like, I could get to workout days and like after the workout, it'd be pretty tender. But then all of a sudden, every single day I'd get out of bed and it would be like, I do not want to step on this at all. Um, And you just cannot compete at a high level against guys when you're going through that. Um, Your mind needs to be so ready for um, getting 100% out of your body. And I was just not even, I wasn't even 50% there. So I kind of gave up on the Olympics um, and, 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 you know, was like, okay, I'm just going to, learn to love running again and learn to, uh, you know, slowly build back up. And that's, you know, I had my first run walk in end of June. Um, and literally it was just like five minutes of running and I still, I'm sure, you know, we've all experienced this. You have those phantom pains. You kind of have the, can I do this again question? So, and I just slowly, but surely been building up, you know, did a lot of other cross training, um, you know, a ton of elliptigo stuff, a ton of, you know, swimming, um, aqua jogging and, you know, I've been building up and now I'm right around like, you know, my good week for me is 70 miles. So still not a lot, but like I've been, you know, consistently between probably 50 and 65, somewhere in that range and with a lot of cross training. And, and that's kind of all I had going into USA 5k champs. Um, I was talking to my mom before and it was like, we had like three, you know, A, B and C goals. And like, hilariously enough, like my A plus goal was top three. My A goal was like top five. And then like, I was going to be happy with top 10. I just had no idea what to expect. Um, hadn't run a race in 10 months. So, um, it was very, very unexpected. And I think like, I, you know, I want to emphasize that, like I wasn't, I, I had no idea that I would feel that good and feel that strong on the hills through Central Park. So, um, but still got a lot, a lot of work to do. And like I said, you know, it's it's November. Um, nobody cares if I ran that bad, and nobody cares if I ran that well. So, um, we're moving on. So, 2016, you signed the the big deal with Adidas, and I think it was like around this. It was during the trials because I remember writing that story for Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, this time around, you'd think, you know, you have a strong 2019 campaign, 2020 pandemic happens. Everyone's kind of assuming a young rising star like you, you know, gets the benefit of an extra year to get stronger, train. And then all of a sudden it doesn't go according to, to plan, I guess, with using kind of like Max analogy sort of of that, that, that drowning. Like, I guess, what, when were you at your deepest and then when did you start to kind of start to feel close to the surface again? I think uh, when I couldn't run the U.S. trials, I mean, I had the standard in the 15 and 5, like, for the Olympic trials. It was like, I at least wanted to run that. I I feel like to a certain point, it's kind of like one of those bucket list things. And ironically enough, I was one of the first people out in 2016. And then in, you know, 2020 or 2021, I couldn't because of, you know, injuries. So... I think that was really, really hard. And and that was the first time in my running career that I never doubted. Uh, I feel like I never had so much, I had so much self doubt in myself. Like I just kind of like, I was, I really started to question like if I could do this, I think in my other injuries, I was like, just give me some time and I'll be back. But after this last one, it was like, man, like, okay, do I believe in myself? Uh, and like, do I think I actually can be good at running, uh, again? Um, I don't know. I think, so I think that was like the hardest part. Um, but that's really when I started, you know, working with my mom again and kind of was, you know, she kind of dragged me out of the mud, so to speak. And really just, we just went back to the basics. Like I just, 
you know, did a bunch of barefoot work, got my feet strong, you know, got back in the gym, like, you know, started so slow with running. I mean, I was sometimes I was just like, are you kidding me? Like I'm this all I'm doing right now, but it really was like, okay, we're not going to miss out on anything. Um, got my nutrition right and just really started focusing on all that little stuff. And, and it comes back quickly. I think that's the other thing I have learned through all my injuries is like, just give yourself eight weeks of hard work and eight weeks of like doing everything right. And you, it's, it's going to suck for a while, but you're going to come out of it. Um, What were, so during people leave coaches all the time in the sport and obviously your guys' situation just like for some reason just blew up astronomically. Um, Chris, you can ask (laughs) a deeper question into that. I know it wasn't supposed to, but it happens all the time. Um, yeah. what were some of the things that you as an individual, cause I know that you're attached to Tin Man and whatnot, but like you as an individual, everyone has to sort of look out for themselves. What were you looking for that you thought you needed at the time? And what does your mom, Joan, what, what led you to make that decision? I think a lot of times, and, and this is me peddling a little bit here, so these are my opinions. A lot of times in situations where an athlete leaves a coach, for whatever reason, the athlete's opinion or thoughts on the matter, like, are sort of just disregarded. It's like, oh, you should just be listening to the agents or other coaches in the sport or the sports marketing people or um, all these other people that are around the situation. But for a lot of times, the people that are in the situation, it's like, Oh, the, the, it's something's wrong with them or whatever. And relationships yeah. are hard. Like I'm not saying that it's anyone's fault or anything like that, but like your decision was not respected. I would say by almost like anybody outside of like the your peers. I would say. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, and what I was looking for was really simple. Um, someone who paid attention to me gave me the time of day and like cared about me as a person. Um, and I think, you know, like that's all I was looking for. Like I'm a pretty independent person. I don't need to be self-motivated. I'm not like, I don't need a coach that's like super rah, rah, like, all right, like let's get pumped up for this race. That's it. That all comes from me, but I do need someone to like hold me accountable and also like just be there for the journey for all of it, the highs and the lows and not check in, you know, when I'm, you know, not be there to share the successes, but also just ride with me when I'm struggling. Um, and that was like, you know, I, I think when we started looking for a coach, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't first think of, you know, my mom, I mean, she is in Virginia and, you know, she's has, you know, nine kids to raise, including me. And she, uh, you know, was coaching a high school team at the time. And, you know, my dad was working back there. And so, uh, but I just started to kind of slowly, but surely get help from them. Like, Hey, like, what do you think about this? Or, you know, like a lot of these relationships do, you just start to lean on someone else, um, and start to like, you know, like sift through all the problems that you're having and be like, let's talk this through. Like, what do you think about this? Or what do you, what do you, what do you think I'm doing wrong here? And, and it just slowly kind of built up through that throughout, you know, the winter months when I was really, really struggling. And, um, eventually I just decided like, I do need a change. I think sometimes a change, even if it's like, I think a change in it, in and of itself sometimes is what an athlete needs everyone does the same run training. And if they're telling you differently, like they're, they're lying to you. Everyone's doing tempo runs. Everyone's doing race pace stuff. Everyone does Hills. Everyone does speed work, yada, yada, yada. Like, but what is your relationship with that training? And what's your relationship with the person assigning that? And I didn't have a good one with those two things. And so I needed some self-belief in, my coach. And, uh, and that was like the empowerment I was looking for. Um, and so then, you know, really it was kind of like getting the whole team on board after that of just kind of like talking through, like, what do we want? Because most of the team was in the same boat where we knew we needed a change and we knew, you know, things weren't going well. And so, um, it really was kind of the thing, you know, where it's like, 
oh, really, we're going to have Drew's mom coach us? Like, I totally get the naysayers and the haters. Like, believe me, like, I was ready to get blasted once this news hit. Like, I probably would, you know, I probably would, like, be the person saying some funny jokes and making fun of that person as well. Like, it's a big, it's a big time move, and it's, like, a risky move for sure. But at the same time, like, you know, it's what I believed in, and it's what the other guys on my team came around to believe in. And, you know, it's been night and day different. I think if you ask every guy on the team now, like how things are going, like practice is fun again. Um, We're a team again. We believe in each other. We want the best for each other. And so um, all of that stuff really kind of shows up on race day. And I just had nothing to pull from the last few years. Um, And and now I do again. Yeah, because I feel like – was it Joey on the coffee club podcast said that you were the first one to really kind of want to make that, that change. So there really wasn't much of a hesitation when it was like bringing the rest of the team on board. Now I'm curious, like what was that sort of conversation then like to sit down with your mom and was it an ask to be coached or was it like pitching her on the idea? How did that come about? Well, at first I was just like, can you coach me through the Olympic trials and then can we figure this out? You know, that's how it started was like, I just need, like, I mean, I already had like torn planner, things were not going well, but I was like, can you just like attempt to get me to the starting line (laughs) um, in June? And so that was basically how it started. It was like, okay. Like, and she was like, and I mean, I mean, she's my mom, you know, she just wants to help me. Like she saw how much her son was struggling and like, was like, okay, obviously I'm just going to like, help him for a while. And, and we also talked, like, I think a lot of people don't realize is like, we looked at other coaches, you know, like I talked, you know, to other people and was really exploring. I mean, I even, you know, at some points when it was really, really bad was like, should I move somewhere else? Like, you know, uh, like it was, you know, there was, I think like, you know, hiring my mom was a bandaid for me at the time. And then it all of a sudden turned into like, oh, this is actually like what I want and this is what I deserve. So, Mac, did you have a spot for him out in San Diego? <laughs> uh, no, I did just say if you needed anything out there, though, I did send you a message when all that shit was blowing up. Mac but... was very kind. I really, I, I truly, I really did appreciate that, Mac. You have no idea, like, you know, th- like those messages were the things that I was really freaking holding on to when it was rough, you know? Um, and I'm sure I'm like... I, at the time it meant a ton. It's, so thank yeah, you. I mean, that's, that's what, when you're going through that stuff, it feels like it's never happened to anybody else. And it feels yeah. like it's the <laughs> biggest thing in the world. And, and yeah. it is because yeah. it's your life. Like, and it's, it's mm-hmm. what means the most to you. And there's contracts and there's relationships and stuff's always public. So everything's really stressful. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've, equally like because you know i change groups too and um yeah you i think you find really quickly like a lot of your peers are actually some of the or your competitors are actually probably the closest people to you like because they sure. sort of get it i don't know i was just gonna say yeah i think um almost everyone who i really really uh, whose opinion i respected got it <laughs> um and then it was you know 18 minute 5k runners online who thought I was the spawn of Satan. So, um, you know, it, it, uh, it, it's at the end of the day, when you kind of look at the people who want the best for you, like they understand. So completely agree. Absolutely. How'd you guys shut that, shut that out? I mean, cause it was, it was everywhere. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, it it was, it was weird because it, we, it, it felt like we were getting, information trickling out this way and that way and and there wasn't like a full clear picture as to what happened um until you know kind of there was a a bit of a resolution and so was it just like all right i'm off instagram for the next month or so or like at at that point like you were you were injured so it's like you're you're spending more time on your phone than too so it's like it must have been tough to 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 just totally cancel out all the I was completely off social media for three or four months. Didn't look at a single thing. Um, That helped. I, uh, once I kind of decided, like, I remember I, I, right after my race in February, 
I got off social media and I remember the first time I actually went on and posted something was right before the Olympic trials when I wasn't going to run. Um, and, and, and I just got off. Um, I got like when it, when everything first broke, I got so many, I wish I could show you guys some of the messages I got from people that have never met me in my life. It is brutal. Um, and I, and it was just like, it, it's hard. I think you so often want to be like, I don't care. Like, you know, those opinions don't matter, but like, I'm a sensitive person. Like I genuinely want people to like me. Um, you know, I think I have to admit that to myself. Like, uh, like I think that was hard. It's like, these people have never talked to me in their lives and they're formulating awful things about me based on a story that was completely misinterpreted, fabricated. Um, and yeah, and it wasn't supposed to go down this way. Um, when we left with coach Schwartz, like it was, both of us were like, well, it was, it was supposed to be cordial. Like it was very much like, yeah, like after the Olympic trials we'll announce and like, it'll be, you'll go your way. And he just straight up lied about that and just did not hold his end of the bargain. Um, and he just, he went to like news sources and told them the most ridiculous sob story you'll ever hear. Um, and at the end of the day, if you're not doing a good job at your job, I don't know why that's such a weird thing in this industry. Like, look at our team's results. They were terrible. You know, like, it's like, if you're not doing a good job, like why, I mean, how with NFL coaches, if you are a bad team for a few years, you are getting the can. Like that is just so normal. But for some reason in track and field, it's like, I don't know if it's because it's a tinier sport and everyone knows everyone. So you kind of have these like tight knit groups of people that you're like, you don't, you don't, you don't ruffle any feathers there. And that's what it felt like. Um, mm -hmm. So, but really it's like, look at the results of our team. We had one guy at the Olympic trials, you know, like the year before 2019, our entire team was basically there, you know, that's a really bad year. Um, yeah. So I think results speak for themselves. And so far, like, you know, we've had a lot of good results under my mom so far, and we hope to continue that. So what is the relationship like between like you and coach Schwartz now? Like, was there ever anything done afterwards to like try and, you know, mend or repair things? Cause like, I'm, I, part yeah. of me is also thinking it's like uh, he was you know he's got his fingerprints behind some of the success you had in high school and those are things that you know you'll never be able to you know let go of or forget and for it to end this way kind of does tarnish things a little bit but you don't want it to be that way forever no it's sad like i mean i don't have any resentment towards tom anymore uh resentment does absolutely nothing to make anyone's lives better like you can have the worst thing happen to you and being resentful about it does not make that situation any worse. Um, I like, I owe so much to Tom and I would tell him this if I saw him, you know, um, I don't, I haven't spoken to him since it all went down. Um, but if I saw Tom around, like, uh, we wanted, we actually had a meeting set up to thank him and he didn't show up. Um, you know, we had like, and this is, you know, of course, the media not hearing any of this. Um, you know, we had a, like, we tried working with him so much to like figure out how he could make more time for us. Like we really, really tried. Um, and, uh, I owe so much. I mean, I, you know, broke four minutes in the mile in high school. I ran under eight minutes in the three K like, and Tom was coaching me. Um, and like, I am the first to admit that. And first to like, be so grateful for like the things I learned from him. Um, but at the same time, you know, like that's in the past now and I want to accomplish even greater things going forward. Yeah. So, so now speaking of that, beyond that, like relationships are just hard, like they're hard and you've been in the sport now for, uh, I mean, I know you're still young, but because you signed a contract, like what have you been a pro now for what, for five, yeah, five years? Five years. Yeah. yeah. So you're, yeah. Yeah. So you're still good. Um, what are you, what are your sort of your bigger goals now? Um, and have you found yourself sort of like realigned with being able to make realistic goals out in front of you? 
Um, because I know when you're hurt, it's sort of just like, okay, I got to get back healthy, got to get back healthy. But now that you sort of yeah. are in, you know, in the air, in the light, um, what are the next steps for you? And what are you trying to do indoors, outdoors, um, this cycle now that's World Worlds Olympics? Um, what are you trying to do? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think my number one goal Mac that is not even running related is just stay or not even like performance related is just stay healthy. I um I want to show up to everything I need to be at this year. Mm-hmm. Um I know that sounds funny, but like that's legitimately a goal like I want to run US indoors and just be there. And like if I'm fifth and I'm healthy and I can walk away from that experience being like all right, like we can get ready for outdoors or if I'm first and you know, I'm like, I am a little banged up. I'm going, you know, I feel like things are going a little bit south from here. Like, I'll take that fifth place any damn day of the week now. Like, um, I, I, I realize how important it is to be ready in June, July. And that's my big goal is just, um, you know, doing that. A, a side note, I've been doing something in practice that I've never done before in my career. I mean, you can ask all the guys I train with, like, we have assigned reps of like, let's just say like today we had three minute reps, you know, we had seven to 10. I am choosing to do less every single workout. And that is not me at all. Like I've always been the person that's like, Oh, I'm doing 10, (laughs) you know? And I talked to my sports psych about this. And like, I did that leading up to 5k champs because I want to get confidence in my maturity now, not in like, anything else. Like I want to get confidence in my consistency and, and that's kind of what I'm trying to pull from. So to take that, you know, I, I, to take that to actual goals, like I want to run well this indoor season, all my best years I've run well in indoors. Like that's just a fact of, you know, I've, I've, I've run indoor or, or race in February, January, some sort of competitions then. So, um, I'd like to run a good 5k. I think that's my big goal indoors is run a big 5k at some point at BU. And then, you know, I want to get ready to try to be top three at USA's and make a world championship team. I feel like I had that taken away from me in 2019, unfortunately. And I know that I'm capable of competing with all those guys, um, if I'm healthy and happy and on the starting line. So those are my goals. What's uh, next year's, I guess, like team goals like look like across the board? Obviously, like no, new leadership in charge kind of helps change, you know, revitalize the culture of the team a bit. Uh, you, I mean, just having been there from from the from the start of it uh, to now, mm-hmm. being twenty four years old, I it just kind of, I always go back to like it feels like it was just yesterday that the team was just starting and you were out of yeah. high school and it was only like three guys, but now it's like the other guys definitely look to you as a leader as being one of the more talented guys on the team as well. So like, how do you try and get those goals that you just mentioned to translate to some of the other guys, even though like, you know, the the talent level might not add up. Like for some guys, it won't be making the team, but just getting to the U S championships next year. So uh, how's the team, what's the team outlook for next year looking like? When we're, all healthy and running well, we're all healthy and running well. Um, because we're such a tight knit group of guys. I mean, we all basically live together. You know, we meet up for easy runs as much as possible. Workout days we're together. We lift together. Like there is so much like mojo that is correlated when, you know, we're all firing on cylinder, the same cylinder. Um, so I think, you know, really the team goals are, yeah, like to, to be as, you know, as good as we possibly can be across all events. I mean, um, we got Brogan who's coming back from injury. He's been running great on the roads this fall and he has half champs coming up. I mean, Reed is going to do a spring marathon TBD on what that is. Um, and the rest of us, you know, have our own individual track goals. I mean, Sam wants to, you know, represent Germany at, you know, world championships and goose wants to represent Malta. Um, you know, we have, uh, and then we have a whole slew of guys who, you know, want to be in the finals and whatever their respective events are and, and just compete. But I think also something that we want to do is, um, you know, our mission statement from the beginning with Tim and Elite was to 
push the sport forward on and off the track. And I feel like we've gotten so much more back to being involved with the community and doing some really, really fun stuff with that. And like, we all love that, you know, we've been doing these runs with high school teams around Colorado and, you know, giving shoes and gear out to Tim man of the week. So basically just a good teammate. And that, and that stuff's been just kind of, you know, another spark for all of us is it's like our times at the end of the day are great. And they're things that you can tangibly work towards, but really like, how did you impact people and how did you leave a mark on this sport? And I feel like we want to, you know, those things when we're at our best, we're doing both of those together. So, um, yeah, that's, that, those are the, those are the big goals for the team and, um, elsewhere. I, it is pretty cool what you guys have made. I don't know, just because people are salty in the sport, everything's always try, everyone's always trying to cut everyone down. But you guys are like you guys have made like you've made with your contra and your friends and your training group like you've made one of the most valuable things in U.S. running. Like, and you guys did it yourselves. Um, it's not like. There wasn't a massive funding behind it. There wasn't, I mean, there was individual contracts and then it was stuff, you know, it was people doing what they loved and then creating content and then being relatable and having like this, this inside access to it. Um, what do you guys, like, is that something that you actually, be, like, I know you, that you guys believe it, but I sort of want to hear you say, like, how important yeah. is that stuff to you? to be accessible, like as accessible as you can be, because everyone f forever has talked about, Oh, like a 24 seven, you know, HBO series, like sports series. That would be so cool if track and field did it. No one does it. Yeah. Um, you know, well, yeah. the sports doc, if someone would do it, Oh, that'd be so cool. No one does it. You guys do it. Um, and yeah. people love it. Like all, I don't know, all of us love it. You guys have a shit ton of views on YouTube and all this other stuff. Like, how fun is that for you? And it is a, is it a way to sort of like, I don't know, like let people into your life a little bit. I don't, you know, I don't. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse. I mean, the reason all this stuff went down was because we have a following, you know, it's like, I say this all the time. Uh, it's, if no one cares about your coach leaving, no one cares. But if everyone knows every detail of your life and you're, it, all of a sudden it's a big deal. So Mac, like there's times where I'm like, I wish I was Galen Rupp with no social media at all. I could just show up a few times a year and kick everyone's ass and then just like leave, you no. know? Oh, he joined Mike Smith. Everyone's like, Oh, he joined Mike Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it is a blessing and a curse. And I think at times I was like, uh, I kind of did this to myself, which is true, but genuinely, I mean, I kind of have, you know, all of us, I mean, me, Sam Reed and, you know, Max, who's, you know, our brand manager, like we, like, there's so much more we can do with our sport. And I think all of us kind of have that entrepreneurial, like, what are some missing pieces and how can we make this more fun and accessible? Because it is a short, like in terms of, you know, how, how long I can actually run. Like it is a short career, but like, can I turn this into something that I do the rest of my life potentially? Um, whether it's through, you know, coaching the team or, you know, selling apparel or w whatever it may be, community events, you know, any of those things. Like, I think we just thought like there's so much more to do here and like you have the luxury of being a pro runner where you can run and then you have time on your hands um, for a while. So um, but we, we do love it. I, I think like if you, I, I would love just to put up a camera in, in my house, like even today, you know, it's just like 15 different people coming through, having meetings about different things. Like it is a full on basically startup in my basement and, um, we just love it. It's so fun. It keeps, keeps us like, it keeps us involved. It keeps us, you know, touched, like it, it keeps us in all aspects of this sport, you know, like with older runners and high school kids and like in the professional realm, it keeps us so grounded in that, in, in that sense. And so I think, you know, it just is really, really fun to be a part of, but at certain times I do kind of wish I'm, I could step away. Um, you kind of created, we kind of did create a little bit of a monster. So. <laughs> Before we get to some listener questions, I do want to kind of touch on like 
so with you know having to manage this brand and going through the turmoil that it did over the summer the thought i mean there were so many people calling for a rebrand change the name whatever i want to know the rejected tin man elite brand renames uh so like what was on your like notes doc what were some of the conversations you guys were having like if we did have to change our name what were you leaning towards (laughs) um i mean i think you know something along like my like hunter just because of you know my mom coming in stuff like something along those up we we didn't really get that far i think a lot of us were like maybe i should just retire um (laughs) to be honest um it was kind of like we're doubling down and we're like we're showing that we believe in what we believe in and like that we're good people and that we are so much more than what these let's run naysayers are saying or like okay i'm gonna retire and sail off into the sunset and find something else to do (laughs) so sorry that's probably not the answer you want but (laughs) yeah i was hoping that there was like a list of of totally of rejected no no we actually didn't get that far i mean there were discussions but yeah all right mac let's hit him with some listener questions that were sent in over instagram all right, we'll roll through some of these. Biggest rival in the sport? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think uh, when I first went pro out of high school, my last two high school races, my junior year, like I beat Grant Fisher, and I feel like people kind of like pinned us as rivals, but obviously Grant has my – number over the last year so that's not really a rivalry um i've had people try to start rivalries with me um, <laughs> so um but i would like to i would like to think you know when i'm firing all cylinders kind of like i always like to race the bowerman guys i mean that's the gold standard right so um yeah it, it, it's, a, it's probably one of those things that you missed out on probably from, from college. That would have been four years of going head to head with, with a bunch of guys and you probably yeah. plucked a rival. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, next. next one. Being your first race in so long, how'd you handle the pressure and nerves? I uh, talked to my sports psych a lot about this. And one of my biggest, uh, takeaways was how calm and relaxed I was throughout the race. And that's just because like, I had already in my mind, like gone through that. Um, you know, I kind of have a saying I like to throw out a lot, like you have to envision what you aspire to experience. So like when I was leading up to it, like, you know, I'll just spend aqua jogging in the pool or even just at the end of runs, just spend five minutes. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but even like going through like the noises of New York city, just so like once I'm there, it's not foreign. Um, and like jogging on the streets and running through central park. Um, and so that helped me so much that like, I felt super, super calm on the starting line and super, super, just like grateful. And I kind of pulled from that gratitude. So it wasn't actually like a ton of pressure and nerves. It was just like, okay, like I'm happy to be here. I'm going to do my best. All right. All right. You want a, uh, do you want one? Do you want one of the fun? Do you want one of the fun questions? Sure. All right. Here we go. It's not even a question. <laughs> Be my ride a nine. Be my, my ride a nine. I, I did have to look it up and, um, no, I mean, not to, not Chris, not to knock anyone that's a five minute miler, but <laughs> yeah. If these are if these are the rules of the game that we're playing, you ran three, you know, thirteen fifty three and won a U.S. five k title. Uh, you know, if you're a five ish minute miler, yeah. Uh, uh, we, we don't. You don't have to answer. All right, best burrito in Boulder. Here we go. Best burrito in Boulder, probably Nopalitos. It's right by my house. We go there all the time. That, that's like the correct answer. I feel like never been. What's your yeah. current training week look like with running, cross training, etc.? So what are you up to now? Yeah. So a big change with my mom is I'm on a 10 day cycle. Now our whole team is, um, so that's actually the biggest changes. Um, you know, 10 day cycle for anyone who doesn't know, like you get in, you know, we have two workouts kind of like a medium long day and then like a long run instead of fitting that all into like, uh, a seven day week. Um, so it gives you more time in the middle to kind of 
have some extra easy days. And that's been huge for me. I mean, I feel like that's one of the reasons I'm healthy now is I just am not getting to that Friday hard workout being like, oh man, I'm just not ready for this. Instead, it's like I have time and I can move things around and I have that flexibility. Um, so I'm running about in that 10 day like cycle uh, or sorry, in the seven days within the 10 days, I'm running anywhere from like 55 to a high of 70 um, with I try to get out every evening, like five to six times a week and either a lift to go for 30 to 50 minutes or swim for 30 to 30 minutes to an hour. So, um, I kind of like to get in as much aerobic work as I can, um, but not beat up the body and then lifting three times a week and core on the off days. So pretty, pretty standard, I guess we all do the same things. All right. We're back on. Um... All right. We're back on. Yeah, you got on. a nice message from Sam in our DMs saying talk your shit, boys, so we could be uh, pretty free-flowing yeah. here. All right, what was the biggest chip-on-my-shoulder moment since 2019? Uh, I mean, everything that's happened. Whew, that's hard to choose from. Uh, I think um, – I just think, you know, when people started saying rude things about my parents, it was like, okay, all right just you wait (laughs) next one up man what we got what shoe do you wear for everyday training favorite recovery supplement supplement if you use one plug some sponsors Uh, yes supernova and we have a new sponsor pro mix so um, yeah all right next one from shroy how is the speed suit for your drug test? This is right after. This is actually really funny. And yeah, did you go through the top? The top or oh wait, no, you got to. You got to. Uh no, so I had my bib on and everything. So I literally, it was like the most janky thing ever. So right before the race, I had to like pull my speed suit up in the like porta potty to pee, and I was like, oh my gosh. But then after the race, I literally had to unzip. And just pull it down to like my knees, and I, and the guy, the drug tester was like, "All right." So it, I was like, "This is this is like the least attractive thing that anyone's ever seen right here." Uh, mustache care routine, and is the mustache a reference to pre? You got a lot of questions sent in about your mustache. Runners just love the mustache. I it must just be a thing. Um, I don't do anything. I need to trim it. In fact, because I'm like half my food's getting in getting in at this point um and i don't know i think like <laughs> i'm not a hairy person but for some reason i can just grow a caterpillar under my lip so like i have to own up to it like i have like no chest hair like i have nothing so like but for some reason like i just can grow a great mustache here so that's like that's why i do it <laughs> that's all i got i love i love that pre is like the mustache runner but literally everyone that he raced against also had these massive mustaches. And it's just, I love that it's like, oh, Prefontaine mustache. But there's like, yeah. literally, this is like 74. Literally everybody. You're like, look at the rest of the field. Yeah, it's literally everybody is just covered. Um, here's our next one. How has being coached by your mom changed the, tin, uh, the team dynamic of Tin Man? It's a great question. Um, I just think, you know, it's a lot, uh, like I was saying, it's fun to show up to practice now. Um, It's, I think, you know, more, and you can ask, I feel like this is a better question for the guys, but I just think the team dynamic is so focused on like the group as a whole again, and like emphasizing that like when we're all running well, you know, you're going to reach your individual goals. And so I think, um, that's been good. And, and, and just so much more communication. That's like the biggest thing is like, my mom's so good at that is like, she's constantly being like, how are you feeling today? Like, was that too hard? What was your effort level? Like, did we do too many? Did we do not do enough? And I think like that, um, has really made it like everyone's so open at practice and there's not like this animosity of like, Oh, you're not training hard enough or you're doing too much. It's just like, we all trust each other that we're doing what's best for, um, everyone we got any more what was it like in those 10 months of not racing how did you mentally prep to race again we got you talked to your sports psych a lot anything else that that we haven't touched on 
Uh, honestly, I just like, that was like what I was so nervous about was I was like, do I remember how to do this? Like, do I remember how to hurt? Like practice is different, but like a race hurt is that was, I was afraid. I was like, am I going to get to two miles and just be like, Oh my gosh, like I cannot do this. So I think I kind of like told myself like how hard it was going to be going in and that made it significantly easier. <laughs> what else we got, Mac? Was we've he got surprised three by some of the hate? Three more. All right. Was he surprised by some of the hate, especially from fellow athletes after the coaching split up? I didn't really feel like it was too much from fellow athletes, right? No, because they get, like Mac said, they get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just from a bunch of old dudes who were friends with Tom, let's be honest. Um, uh, I think uh, I was like saying just like very, very crazy things. Um, like, like I, I'm just, I don't know. I feel like if you don't like someone, they've either a done something to wrong you, which is maybe it's justified then, or they're just have an insecurity that is like so prevalent. And it was, it just showed like how many people were like, I mean, I've never talked to them. It's like, how have I ever wronged you? You know? So that was just interesting to me. Go to pre-race meal. I feel like you've probably answered this hundreds of times on a podcast, but everyone wants to know. Um, like the night before, uh, I'll just go to like, like we went like before 5k champs. Like I normally like to have some sort of pasta dish like everyone else. Um, so, but then like the morning of the race, I had like, um, like some overnight oats that I've been eating. Um, and I just like had those like two or three hours out with a banana. So just super easy, light on my stomach. I'm used to it. All right. The wildest one I think I've ever heard is been true with like a whole sleeve of bagels. Like that one I can't ever get out of. My- oh, <laughs> God. Yeah, like they're trash. Is there one of the team who's a big like eater beforehand? Um, that's a good question. Oh, Brian Barraza can literally like he could eat an hour before his race, like a taco, and would be fine. He oh. just has like a gut of steel. Um, but then like some of the guys on the team will like have like a walnut like six hours out, and like so it's very different. I was closer to that side. <laughs> what does your cross training look like a lot of hours in the pool elliptigo right yeah um i like to get um like i was saying like 30 minutes to an hour of something in the evening like after this i'm going to the pool for a 45 minute aqua jog and do some intervals um but i've loved the mountain bike elliptigo i that thing like has helped me so much like i just smash on that thing as much as i can all right, I think um, that's I think that's it for the questions. That's so. it. Uh, well, I was I was curious just because like I know uh, Sam is a F one guy, and we had Molly on, who's also like an F one fan. Have you just have you joined in the craze as well? No, I'm not. Well, I'm all right, sorry. Right. We're, gonna ask, yeah, we're, we're just going to make it a recurring thing. We're going to ask everyone about Formula One. I think. I'm yes. <laughs> yeah. We are. It's something I definitely could get into. Um, oh. But. Yeah. Yeah. Try right. to survive. Well, I'm su- I'm sure yeah. someone on your team has tried to get you to watch that for at least yes. inspiration for content creating for for your guys' club. This is actually a question I'm going to ask you guys. What do you feel like do you ever feel like our stuff is phony? Do you like like what like what would you want to see more of like or is it or you know I I feel like I never asked that question so I'm going to ask that. Um uh I don't watch a ton of YouTube content, but, uh, I, I feel like you guys are about as open as like you, obviously you can't, no one can be a hundred percent open. And I think no one really expects that. Um, but like, I really liked, uh, the reads, uh, marathon video, like the whole, I, that I thought was excellent. And your guys is like 5k stuff. Um, mm-hmm. like training videos are training videos and, you know, workout videos are, I feel like most of that stuff is like similar with everybody, but I think the process of like last workouts, traveling, what it's like, um, is really interesting to a lot of people because like, yeah, it's different because it's the professional aspect, but also it's extremely similar to someone in high school that's going to a state meet. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think that is like an extremely powerful and valuable thing um, for people to see uh, and get like real emotions. Cause you can't fake, like you can't fake what you did before. Like you care about your 5k race. Like you can't be like, Oh, let's put on a show for the camera and then also go win. And then also have like a fake um, response or emotional response from the race. So I think like that's, that's we there's like nobody else doing that and i think that that stuff is like extremely valuable really cool to see i don't know chris what do you think yeah i mean i i like the vlogs especially like you know i obviously saw the one out of the texas qualifier um the kansas city qualifier i mean the 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 three-part documentary series that you guys did at the end of uh the summer was really well done um i kind of would go less so on the like narrative side of things that that then mac just said because like you guys are crushing that right now i want to see more of like the uh fun videos where it's like you get a little bit more personality behind it there was that one video i think where it was like three of the guys ask, answering questions that were like on a on like index cards and it were just oh, like questions yeah. that came out of the field. Yeah. yeah and kind of like continuing to rip off of like formula one we see that so much like from the team pages like they want to like get as much personality out of their drivers and so like they're constantly yeah. doing videos where like it's they're pairing up the two guys to do you know either like uh there's they put headphones on or singing a song and it's up to the other person to identify what the song is or like they're mm-hmm. answering like the internet's most uh like biggest questions about them and that kind of stuff so okay. um yeah if you guys get like max or or one of the interns to just work up graphics that that kind of stuff can can also be really fun uh as well and i think that serves more to like the period where it's like less when there's less races and you have like these couple weeks where there isn't much going on like that's filler content for sure but um you guys are doing things really well so i would just say oh here's a question um and i don't i mean i don't know if we're gonna publish this how does it feel because like i've seen some of the stuff it's and everyone copies everyone but how does it feel for you guys knowing that there are like big groups, bigger brands that have just straight up just copied or implemented <laughs> exactly what you guys are doing? Does that feel good? I is it like kind have of a story bullshit? About this. I won't say who it is or what brand, but it was a it was a higher up in a brand, and they go, and she told me to my face. She goes, "You guys have no idea." Every big running brand is literally with PowerPoints having Tin Man Elite as like the gold standard of what to do with our teams. And it was like the highest compliment from like this person because I just like, you know, like it, I was like, oh, okay, um, maybe I'll get a job one day when I'm done running. Um, <laughs> so that but was, that was kind of like, yeah. Right. But then they, but then they turn around and then they won't. Like this is, I we don't need to get too far into this, but then they won't pay someone like Max a real salary. Like that job doesn't exist <laughs> well, anywhere. I know, right. no, I know, yeah. I know you do, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying, I'm yeah, saying, coming yeah. from those, really. they don't exist. Yeah. Um, it yeah. takes like takes eight months to come up with like a 15 second Instagram <laughs> campaign for some yeah. people, yeah. Uh, and it nothing works like that anymore. Like you have to be able to do it yeah. in 24 hours, um, mm-hmm. or in yeah. like nike's case they have those groups and all those athletes that are at that track every single day and they don't post about it on nike running's instagram account it's their alternate account and it's like oh if if this is the gold standard it's they're literally just walk down to the track i don't you know it's (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, well we had joe intern, and his job was literally to just have his iphone and just take it out at practice and like film us. And like, that is the most interacted content. I feel like people don't realize that Mac on YouTube, what you said though. So reads marathon video is like the number one liked most viewed. So you're like, it's so funny that you said that one. Cause that is exactly what people want. Um, but then like Chris, exactly like with that stuff where we just pull out the iPhone and do those goofy questions and stuff like that on Instagram, that is like, people love that like that quick kind of like TikTok-y like 60 seconds. Um, but then when people are, are on YouTube, they're like, we want kind of like that long narrative yeah. of like, okay, like tell us the whole story. Um, so it's so cool kind of like seeing that and the analytics behind all of it. 
It's cool. Yeah. It's yeah. It's I, I don't think it's any secret that you guys have caused um, some people to change how they view how uh, professional running is shown <laughs> on social yeah. media. It's really cool. It's awesome because everyone's talked about doing it forever. And then it took you yeah. guys just doing it yourselves to actually get the bigger companies to realize it's a, a good thing to do. Yeah. All right, Drew. Well, well, thank you. We'll let you get to your aqua jog. And uh, <laughs> thanks so much for, for joining us. This is a lot of fun. And best of luck to you uh, and the team uh, in the year ahead because you guys have some big goals that you've uh, vocalized. And I'm excited to follow along. Yep. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate chatting. It was really fun. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it. The Sidious Mac Podcast is a production of the Sidious Mac Podcast Network. It is produced and edited by Mike Zerzolo. Did you enjoy this episode enough to dish out a couple bucks? Support Sidious Mag by pledging any dollar amount over on patreon.com slash Mag to join our loyal legion of backers who keep this show going strong. If you're on your phone right now, you can also open up the Venmo app and hit us with a one-time donation to at Mag. We've also got merch over on SidiousMag.com. Any way you can show your support goes a long way. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running. Legs are feeling good. See you next time.